0: Have to say hello, and so we do. It's Chance and Noah with a new episode, the 19th episode of Be Dear Real Guys. God. I'm Chance and Pfeiffer,
1: and I'm Noah Goddamn Ballard.
0: Hi, Noah. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you, buddy?
0: I'm just fine, ma'am. What are you? Uh, what are
1: just... you thinking about? You thinking about us?
0: I was thinking about us pretty much all day. I would say.
1: Really? That's so flattering.
0: Yeah Anything Um, in
1: particular? No, just kind of the
0: idea of us And past, future Are you
1: content with the state of things? (laughs) I think so I think so That's great
0: You know, we had discussed this week Like Whether we had time to do A Halloween episode Of the podcast Which I don't think we do Because we're recording this on the 25th of October and this episode not about Halloween. No. Um, although we'll see it does we are next year. Yeah. <laughs> although this episode does depict at least one monster. Um I would say though we were talking um the story of the protopod if that interests people. Do we want to get into that just super briefly? Oh, the
1: story of the protopod. So, well let me paint a picture from my end of things. Okay. Um this is probably like deep in like the the bowels of like the worst year of my life. And I was living in a windowless basement apartment in North Brooklyn and I would get home at the end of each miserable day and text chance about movies until I cried myself to sleep. And so eventually we came to the idea of well, why don't we, you know, sort of direct that energy towards Doing a podcast
0: uh, But we didn't exactly have a theme um, Although we did like the idea A phrase we still use now um, Giving a critical reappraisal Which is basically right. just a real fancy excuse To like talk about whether movies that came out Between like 5 and 25 years ago Are right. still good Right, are the kind
1: of movies that people talk about Like when they're talking about movies Oh, totally That oh. could have been a good title for it What we talk about when we talk about movies That's a horrible title.
0: For this or the protopod? Oh, for the protopod. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, Um, so
1: basically the thesis of each episode was... Well, each episode, considering we only did one. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But the thesis of each pod was, Hey, have you seen this movie? I don't know if it's as good as people think it is. (laughs) Which really
0: is super annoying if you think about it. Like, that's the most annoying like online movie snob conceit there could be, Right. Right. There's just really like trying no to take...
1: conceit of it. It's just <laughs> us just talking about a movie just because we thought of it.
0: <laughs> and so we chose Cabin in the Woods because we we're like, this is a fairly well-regarded movie, right? Like, I don't care for it. <laughs> 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 and then we, did. and
1: then uh, um I was. So what happened? Why didn't it ever go? Live. The audio was horrible. Um, oh yeah, because we didn't like we didn't do the two mic situation. We didn't
0: do the two mic situation. I didn't know how to mix or edit very well at the time. Um, yeah, but I think it was just funny because like the idea that I mean it's nice that. Our small listenership like listens to these, which I think right. are pretty well themed. But the idea that anyone would want to listen to two people just knock Cabin in the Woods down a peg
1: for forty five minutes to an right. hour At is At the sound insane. quality of basically listening to Chance have a phone call.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's our. I guess that's our to- our Halloween mention. One time we did that, you'll never hear
1: it. Um, Yeah, but we do have opinions about it that I don't really remember because I've blacked out that point in my life. (laughs) No Halloween, but uh, so tell us about the theme that we decided on. took us a minute to get to this one.
0: It did, and I got to tip my hat to Noah. Um, He he did the hard work here. Um, So we saw the new Aaron Sorkin, Danny Boyle, uh, movie Steve Jobs, which is Michael Fassbender as the as the Apple computer founder, right? And it is a story of various moments in his life, but it is not his life story per se. It's not a right. biopic. It's not like a cradle to grave biopic. Which so I tr- didn't
1: realize before seeing this movie. Ah, um, and then
0: so we we found basically two other movies that depict. Super famous, influential people at sort of like linchpin moments in their life, right. but do not tell their biography.
1: No, it's more like, yeah, it's like interesting famous people, but like the main point of the movie is the event that occurs, and they just happen to play a role in it. Yeah, a really significant role, but a really yes. significant, uh, a really significant role in places. But some of the other movies we picked some of the main conflict is not even in fact like about these people
0: that's true
1: so we can uh, let the cat out of the bag now and reveal that so like these sort of non-biopics the other ones we picked were uh, Invictus the Mm -hmm. Nelson Mm -hmm. Mandela story uh, and the 1995 uh, World Cup of Rugby yep and the Queen dealing with Queen Elizabeth II and her response to the death of Princess Diana uh, yes. in 1998. Seven. 1997.
0: Before we dive in, Noah, should we hear uh, an Apple themed word from our sponsor?
1: I would love that.
0: But I should say our sponsor is certainly not Apple itself. That's, it's just uh, an
1: authorized retailer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid the actual thing is not possible at this time. <laughs> Today's episode of Be Real Guys is brought to you by a quick list of songs from your first-generation iPod, very briefly revisited. Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. Did you know Jet named its landmark album Get Born after the movie Born Identity? But that's not the same word, so is that really what named after means? Hot In Her by Nelly. In 2003, this song was the ultimate testament to the her and now. Seven Nation Army by The White Stripes. How does Jack White feel about the fact that this song became a 21st century sporting event equivalent to the Hey Song? Someone should interview him, like a long interview, and ask about vinyl, too. Your Body is a Wonderland by John Mayer. Look out! He'll use his hands. Sorry 2004 by Ruben Studdard. That's the name of a real song that charted on the real charts in 2004. Don't you, by the Pussycat Dolls. Did you know the Pussycat Dolls was a burlesque troupe before it became a recording act? Also, the phrase recording act might be the best ever insult disguised as a definition. My sacrifice, by Creed. You need to fucking cool it, Creed. One Last Breath, by Creed. What did I just say, Creed? <laughs> and finally, public service announcement about Kelly Clarkson's behind these hazel eyes. If you begin to Google, does Kelly Clarkson have Hazel Eyes will autocomplete right after a son, a sister, a baby, and siblings.
1: Let me ask you this. Would you consider Pitbull a recording artist? <laughs> <laughs> you, know de- I... you know what they describe Pitbull as on his Wikipedia? What? Entertainer. Entertainer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. A public figure of note, maybe or something. Oh uh, yeah, notable public figure and entertainer pitfall. That is hilarious. Oh. That's great. I like those Wikipedia put downs that are just trying to do their best to summarize what a person is, but right. end up getting kinda judgy.
1: Oh man. Alright. Do so we want to we talk start... about Steve Jobs? Yeah, I mean you already uh took us down memory lane.
0: That movie, this movie, doesn't actually make it to the iPod, does it? Uh it yeah, when It of, like
1: it yells it at the end. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I put music in your
0: pocket. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we stop in nineteen ninety eight. Um, anyway, so the basic structure of this Aaron Sorkin written, Danny Boyle directed movie, starring Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs, is that in three like forty minute sort of vignettes, it takes you behind the scenes of Steve Jobs's product launches in, ooh, I want to say, 84, 88, and, like, the late 90s. Is that right, Noah? Okay. Um, and you basically see, uh, right before he reveals, um, it's a com- each one is a different computer, to the world, what goes on, um, Backstage And it's often dramatized through his relationship With his daughter and ex-wife And he denied paternity uh, of his daughter For a long time And his kind of counterpart in all three acts Is um, Joanna Hoffman Played by Kate Winslet Who is sort of his sounding board And the person who stands up to him And in all three acts he also Encounters Steve Wozniak, the developer, the developer who he started um, Apple with, and John Scully who at the time of the first launch was the Apple CEO. And uh, then in the second act, I talk about their falling out, and the third one, he's just kind of there. Um, but yeah, it's these snapshotty moments, kind of like the moments before the big career highlights, I would
1: say. Yeah. You're not an engineer. You're not a designer. You can't put a hammer to a nail. I built the circuit board. The graphical interface was stolen. So how come 10 times in a day, I read Steve Jobs as a genius. What do you do? Musicians play their instruments. I play the orchestra. But you know what the funny thing about, if we can get right into it, because I feel like in your description of it, like. What you've essentially described as a stage play, yes, totally, and, and it I takes s- place in theaters behind yeah. <laughs> the stage. But I mean, you could remount this like pretty easily, save for like a few flashbacks that you could mm-hmm. easily cut out. Uh, you could stage this all in like a box and put a, an audience on one side of it.
0: Yeah, as long as there's enough oxygen for those actors to not pass out delivering the Sorkin dialogue, the box oh, would be man. fine. The box would be fine Um,
1: So this is You go ahead
0: It's interesting you say that It being a stage play How well do you think this movie Used Danny Boyle Considering it's scope
1: Oh I actually don't think Danny Boyle Was the right choice for this one Mm. Because I feel like the movie Ends up having because of him Like a lot of like kinetic energy but not a lot of like expressed energy okay and it kind of feels restless to me definitely um see that's why i feel like if you look at the movie i think the closest movie it is you know thematically well not thematically but the way it's constructed na- in a narrative sense is closer have you ever seen that no i haven't the okay, well, Jude Law closer and... is basically the same thing where it's three moments in like the Life cycle of this of these two people's two different relationships.
0: Okay.
1: So you end up having these like jumps in time, and it's similar. They're all kind of in one room, um, but the director on that is Mike Nichols, who's like from <laughs> that like very like you know sober, clear headed look at things kind of theater yeah. background. Totally. And I th- the opposite of Danny wonder, Boyle. The opposite of Danny Boyle. So. I don't know, I wonder what it would have looked like With a more, you know, performance-centric you know, centric director
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting way of looking at it I think restless is the right word um, I also think, at times it was really exciting Like you have that scene in the second act Where um, John Scully, played by Jeff Daniels Is basically explaining to Steve why he was fired as the CEO and it's cutting back between their argument in the present day and an argument they were having at Steve Jobs' house right. three years before and like the energy is just it's it's a real like speed trip for about Oh five yeah minutes, and they're both minutes. like
1: they're both fucking shaking by the end of that scene.
0: Yeah. And that's where Danny Boyle is, I think, best used in this movie. But yeah. it's interesting. I don't. He didn't get. You know, you said. The movie. Nothing happens outside or, like, in an interesting place. Like, you right. don't get the 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 sort the David Fincher scene with the rowing in social network that ends mm-hmm. up meaning so much to the anxiety of yeah. the social network you, Danny Boyle doesn't get that and so there's moments where like you know where that spaceship was superimposed on that wall where Danny's like can I do something like maybe with a spaceship over here on the wall and they're like yeah I yeah. mean I guess you have to do something don't you so well, the yeah the thing
1: it's like Danny Boyle is such a weird choice for that because he's not at all interested in how cool, like, the spaces could be. Right. Like, he's definitely not, like, an Inaratu or something, like, bird... He Like, somebody could have, like, bird the shit out of this movie and it would have been way better. Totally. Because this movie... Well, and ultimately, I think the script is, like, deeply flawed, but the direction doesn't hide it very well. Hmm. So what it rests on are, like, some pretty epic performances, mm-hmm. which, again, it's just like you're watching theater.
0: Yeah. I found Fassbender to just be, like, this is nothing that not everyone else has said, but he is so exciting, and he can handle he can handle that Sorkin dialogue in a way. that oh, like, yeah. Really the only other person I can think of um, is Eisenberg, because I feel like you watch other people try to do... Sorkin and and you're like, how well are they doing Sorkin? And I think really I can only think of Fassbender and Eisenberg who've managed to, um, yeah, I you know, complete the goal of acting, which is to be- yeah. make you believe that this person, um, is actually able to to talk and think at this clip. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's the kind of performance where you sort of forget what Steve Jobs looks like and kind of assume that this guy is Steve Jobs. Yeah, hot Jobs. Yeah. Oh my god Did somebody use that Or is that yours That's me That's nice Thank you Um Uh, But yeah He's like Fastman like really I don't know I think this is the movie Where I'm like I'm I'm on board For what he does next You Uh, haven't been on board before? I mean I thought he was interesting In that like Has he really been challenged Kind of way Really? I mean like The movies he's picked Have been pretty like you know, he can kind of do what he wants with them. And he delivers interesting performances the way that like Ryan Gosling delivers interesting performances when they're, you know, it's like a safe project for that kind of work. I, but don't I think... hadn't really seen him do much like in the like commercial space. Okay. Like, what I think you might be, I think movies? you might be selling
0: him a little short shame, hunger, 12 years, see, a slave? These are art
1: house movies where of course, like it's going to be an interesting performance. And then even Macbeth, like that looks like it's going to be crazy, but it's like he's doing Shakespeare and it looks like the director let him do whatever he wanted. Like, this is actually like a first class, like Danny Boyle, A-list director, Aaron Sorkin, A-list screenwriter taking on like one of the biggest best selling biographies of all time. Uh, Yeah. And they put him in the front. I think he knocked it out of the park. I just, I, I I think he he had it in him, but I wasn't sure up until this moment.
0: Oh, okay. I, I guess I just don't love the distinction you're making, but I do, ag- I mean, I agree with you. The performance is great.
1: Yeah. No, I think um, he definitely has it, and I feel bad for ever thinking that, but that's right. just where I was going into this. Fix it. Fix it? Yeah. We're not a pit crew at Daytona. This can't be fixed in seconds. You didn't have seconds. You had three weeks. The universe was created in a third of that time. Well, someday you'll have to tell us how you did it. <laughs> Kate Winslet, on the other hand, uh, is literally on three different continents in this film. <laughs> Yes, let's talk about why this movie can never be
0: great. It's set a very low ceiling for itself. There are a
1: couple like pretty unforgivable things about this movie, and this is one of them. The fact that she straight up is not using
0: a Polish accent in the first act, and then is using right. a very thick one in the second and third act. Is just like something
1: that you cannot overcome if you want to be like a truly good movie. I mean, if anything, logic would dictate that she could go from like pretty heavy to pretty normal, showing that time had passed. Yep. But you can't you can't go reverse accent. Yeah. She really reconnected with her roots between eighty four and eighty eight. Right. She went back, you know, did a little tour of the old country and then came back (laughs) with like a really thick accent forever.
0: I feel bad also because you just want that role to be better. That role is really important for um, inflecting the Steve Jobs role. Like, that's the person who stands up to his genius. But Joanna Hoffman's character is not like a real character. She's only there to do that. And it's that Sorkin thing of like what Emily Mortimer talking to Jeff Daniels in Newsroom, where it's just like a good woman with her head on her shoulders, like. Trying to talk down a very flawed man, right. and y- you wish that the script let there be kind of like a point to the woman, and unfortunately, yeah. not the case.
1: Well, I didn't. I didn't have so much of a problem with like their dynamic. I thought like watching the two of them do battle was pretty interesting. Yeah, and that I mean, of course, it didn't hold a candle to Jeff Daniels, um, but I think another huge flaw in this movie is that seth rogan doesn't know what acting is and <laughs> you like, don't think put, he's good like putting him and fassbender in like a scene together is like the most until the, i would say the third act he kind of gets it together but acts one and two huh. he's like he's a little too like hey i'm seth rogan did they cast me because they were looking for seth rogan in this role and then I feel like in the third one, he's like, oh, I get what you're doing. And then he kind of stepped up. But I think, like, that's the weird thing about this movie is, like, each act has its own, like, rules. hmm Of, like, performance level, of accents, of, like, how much, like, how long time lasts even. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's another, like, big issue I had with this movie. Like, in the first one, I mean, they all are the same, roughly the same amount of time, right? Yeah, but in the first one, it's like oh, forty five minutes, and then somehow you get to like right before he goes on, and then in the last one or in the second one, they keep saying like fifteen minutes, and then in the last one they're like eight minutes, yet so much goes on, like it's I don't know the, the there's it's a weird movie that way. Yeah,
0: it's that's true. Um, I think, I think Rogan, especially in the second act is great. I think, and it's part of why I think the, I think like the, I think the log line or like the hook for this movie is really good where that, that scene where, um, and it's in the trailer, it's how, what they use to market the movie where Seth Rogan is just like, you don't swing a hammer. You don't know how to code. Like, why do I hear five times a day that Steve Jobs is a genius? Like, that's a really interesting question. He plays the
1: orchestra, bro.
0: He plays the orchestra. Like. Steve Wozniak, like, you're a great clarinetist, or whatever he says, but I'm the conductor. Um, And I think that's, like, a really smart thing for this movie to try and, like, set out to convince you. And one of the things that I do appreciate about how fast it is and how the sense of stress and how we're all, everything leads up to this, like, this uh, the moment of the presentation that they can't pass is that it's hard to keep up. So if you go into a movie... Setting out to like To be like I need to portray Genius It's nice to have The movie on your side Like watching a guy like spin and like Turn around and do all these crazy things and talk to a million people And manage a million things The audience I think like subconsciously is like Oh I can't do that like that's what makes This guy great so I think Kind of showing the cadence Of genius like really helped As opposed to like uh, I, you know this can be the only time I refer to the Ashton Kutcher job but, um, but But the idea of like Now let's watch him like argue with One person about one computer A long time ago um, <laughs> Is like not a good way To like prove that you're smart
1: Right Yeah I mean this movie sets out To do something impossible mm-hmm. Which is to like quantify Steve Jobs' genius Using an hour and a half Yes. And, you know, so that's why, I I mean, like, the reason that I think this movie is good is because of its ambition. It's true. It's pretty ambitious in that. But then ultimately, because you're just using three scenes to establish, like, who this guy is, like, what he wants, you know, what his dreams are, and how he goes about getting them, like, the essence of, you know... Plot and character (laughs) You end up with something that's like Basically incoherent Incoherent? Can I I say that I found that the movie Was ultimately Incoherent How so? Okay so in the first scene you've got him Being like His main conflict is Or his main need is to prove that this daughter This girl is not his daughter And to be left alone and to do his thing Yet in the Four years later he's he's like he's like a father to her, kind of, yes, and he's like accepted it, and they like the have more a favorable parent and I mean that's the only plot that makes sense throughout the whole movie is the his daughter's sort of line, and then sure. at the end, he like starts sharing with her like the things he's working on, it's like, okay, so you've had a full arc on this, but other than that, it's like him having conversations about the same thing with people. It's like him being pissed off about the way he's portrayed, um, sort of piecing together this plot that doesn't really exist using these like artificial kind of flashbacks. And I kind of mm-hmm. hated those scenes in the garage because like, I didn't think they were necessary. Or maybe they were, and I just, I don't know. Like Why have those scenes in there if you're not going to make this a traditional biopic?
0: Yeah, it's a little strange,
1: especially then, the... Yeah, and then so the he, thing like, in the
0: restaurant up, in the third act—no spoilers—but like that was just a bridge too far. Come right. on, right? With and that, it's like,
1: but it's not justified with anything. It's not like you knew any of the characters revealed in the the, the 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 surprise there at the end. Yeah, you know, I mean, the ending. This is not a spoiler. It's this is a true story. He like his dad was like he was adopted, and his dad like, ran a restaurant. So like in the third act, he's talking to Jeff Daniels. He's like you met my dad in that restaurant and then it comes back to a flashback of a guy we've never seen before and <laughs> are you supposed to be like oh like that's the dad but even if that's like a major turning point in the movie like well what was it le- like what was leading to that sure. like i guess he was looking for his identity you know i mean the movie's really well it doesn't have like a, a main plot is what i'm saying so it's hard for me to f- like figure out what this movie's about
0: yeah it's all real incidental because of the structure it chooses.
1: This, is, Right. I think I have a similar an issue that
0: I, I guess I want to convey a different way. I just felt that there was no real reason that this movie had to have three acts, and I kind of wish it just would have had two. Um, because I think the first act does this interesting job. If there hadn't been a third one, they could have doubled down a little bit more on the setup of him really denying paternity and him really having a rift with Waz, and him really having a father figure struggle with Scully. And then in the second act, like after he's fired from Apple, all of those things slowly become undone. And it's actually the third act where I think it starts to the structure of the movie starts to like dictate these things about the plot that are like really predictable right. and kind of annoying. And I, you could have just had a like, here's your conflict or like, here's all the things you need to disprove. And then the second act will kind of brutally disprove them.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, the three X structure, like just shows how strained the idea of this three, this guy three times seeing the exact same, like six people in the same order
0: yeah
1: like how boring that is of a conceit Yep. but the fact that they have to keep to that three times in a row i mean you're right like the 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 structure of the movie dictates that and aaron sorkin aaron sorkin doesn't want it to be like two on the nose that what he's left with is basically three sort of related scenes that add up to what on the whole <laughs> like it's incoherence well-
0: it's that and i think it gets for this movie that aaron sorkin keeps talking about is like it is not a biopic <laughs> i think by the time you get to the third act like hey aaron you might be getting a little close to the
1: biopic when he gets old and really nice to everyone <laughs> right um, like well, i mean it's basically a biopic like without you know the scene where you know something horrible happens in their childhood and that would have been like the adoption i guess
0: yeah but like why not just make it this i guess it's because you wouldn't have been able to market it that way but like why not just have it be this movie about like like young let me do young steve jobs because the the other thing about the third act is like that's where it gets kind of like baity like the end of this i did not understand the last 10 seconds of this movie were like First of all, difficult to put my eyes on, and second, just like a really like unnecessarily triumphant bait that kind of like flew in the face of like everything else. Like we all know who Steve Jobs became. (laughs) Like that's not the point. That's not why we're here. Right.
1: So like why you can't you can't call it a bio, not a biopic, and like have that kind of ending.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. I feel like I'm kind of talking... I liked this movie, but I feel like I'm kind I of talking too. myself out of it a little bit.
1: I did too. And I'm going to... I mean, I think... I mean, it definitely falls into one of our four categories for me. Yeah. Which is the good-bad. Oh, you think it's good-bad? Or maybe I don't. Maybe I think it's bad-good. I think that's what you think it is. <laughs> I think it's bad-good. Like, I Should was we entertained t- by like how dumb it like how dumb some of like the holes are in the script or and like the production like namely the accent changes Mm -hmm. like the the time changing not giving like not really having any background on who any of these people are that you're watching right you know like the scene at the end where it's like oh here's this guy you beat up like 15 years ago and now he's giving your daughter college tuition like that doesn't just seem like a natural transition to me right i guess he's trying to show though that you know this guy was always gonna like they were always gonna spar about certain things and people are just doomed to repeat themselves anyway but i found that part of it entertaining and so i will go with the bad good
0: i think oh man i think i've sort of I think I kind of talked myself out of it in a weird way. I was really thinking that it is good, good, but with like pretty significant flaws. Um,
1: I think the, like you said, I think some of those flaws are bridges too far.
0: Man, maybe this movie, you know what? I'm coming with you. I think it's, I think it is certainly watchable. I was like electrified oh, yeah. at points, Um, but I think that, the,
1: yeah. All right, bad, good. I'm with you. Thanks, buddy. I think well, so- Come on in; the water's fine. <laughs> Do we want to take a moment and cleanse our respective brain palettes? And uh, at this point, throw a big thank you to uh, a one Michael Bobcat Todd uh, yeah. for his his diligent work, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Be real, guys. We're debuting a uh, a new website in the coming days
0: we will and, and uh, he's worked friend, really hard on
1: it out of the goodness of his heart our friend the bobcat has been working for really no i mean we haven't even been nice to him like i don't even know why he's doing this <laughs> i've been great to him i have just been such a dick like i get home at the end of the day and it's like people giving me more choices just figure it out and i like send these nasty emails off but really michael if you're listening i love you and thank you for all the things you do
0: I love you too, Mike. Yeah, this site's going to be really cool, guys. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, Mike. And you can spend some time on it. There's places for writing. You can re-listen to all our episodes, which I do in some of the darkest moments of my day. Um, Oh, really?
1: Sometimes. That's kind of nice. I keep going back and listening to just the first couple seconds of last week where you just intro with uh, ground control to Majors, Chance, and Noah, (laughs) which I just think is the funniest thing. Uh, but you can do that too, ladies and gentlemen, if you get onto the Be Real Guys website. So, Michael, thank you again. Uh, we'll keep you updated on social media when that goes live. Uh, yes, But it's going to be great.
0: It's going to be great.
1: So what do you want to hit next, Chance?
0: I think uh, we've got to lower our shoulder and uh, try to bring Invictus to the ground.
1: I like your style. I'm in. All right. Invictus Follows Nelson Mandela, our non-biopic person of this film, as he sort of watches the South African Springboks, the Springboks, ru- spring the <laughs> rugby team, go from zeros to heroes, mm-hmm. uh, f- from the bottom of the standings to uh, World Cup champions? Question yeah. mark. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Period. Period. So, yeah, and that's that's basically the plot of the movie.
0: Yeah, he's the newly elected prime minister or president, sorry, of uh South Africa right after apartheid has has ended and uh Matt Damon, who's the other leading actor, plays uh Francois Pienaar, uh, the captain of the Springboks and um basically the the Springboks are very, like, very white um, institution in a country that is obviously like vastly black in its population. Right. Um, these people who've been like horribly subjugated like really late into the 20th century. Um, right. And so you basically now have like the uh, majority demographic in power for the first time. Um, And this movie kind of hinges early on On these white expressions of fear About what's going to happen to them And the things that they like And the Springboks kind of becomes ground zero For Nelson Mandela uh, Picking up a national symbol Of unity Trying to turn a symbol of oppression Into a symbol of unity I would say
1: Today President Mandela takes office in Pretoria Balancing black aspirations With white fears
0: Remember this day boys This is a day our country went to the dogs. Brothers,
1: sisters, this is the time to build our nation. This movie is interesting because the script is so bad. Like the <laughs> the lines that these people are forced to deliver are so bad.
0: Yeah.
1: Yet in my heart of hearts, I like sort of believe that Morgan Freeman is Nelson Mandela. So I'm just willing to go along with it. yeah. And then it becomes just like a pretty quintessential sports movie. But I think but to... But minus <laughs> any of the
0: sports stuff. To a fault because it's a, about a sport that no one
1: understands and the movie doesn't care to explain. <laughs> yeah, I really Would hope you... they do something good in this rugby sport right now. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking out for. But God, so the, I hope it happens
0: the last 30 minutes in which Nelson Mandela is not involved becomes uh, like
1: Wikipedia yeah, the, can help like you the climactic uh, episode of this movie is so long and it's just like I didn't even know they could kick it through the thing for points it's like yeah. that's how they win like, oh.
0: so okay let's let's talk about <laughs> what Let's talk about what makes the script not great, shall we?
1: First of all... Nelson Mandela is a saint in this movie. Absolutely. And only speaks in poems.
0: (laughs) And that token scene where his bodyguard yells that he's not a saint doesn't make him not a saint. He's Um, just a
1: man, Chance. Well, is that... That's the thing. Like it, another movie could have painted it. It's been like, wow, Nelson Mandela is like kind of a dick, but like you know he's getting things done. Yeah. But this movie is just like it really buys into like the fact that he like he doesn't even have like a moment where he thinks that the cause is like less than a hundred percent what they should be doing. Yeah.
0: Like
1: See, in this movie.
0: I'm never sure whether to blame Clint for being an old white racist. Or just, (laughs) or, (laughs) underscore, or, um, just a really old director who just, like, will not slow
1: down for anything.
0: Um, Right.
1: I've never... This movie, Yeah, I mean, this movie ends up being, like, the mighty ducks of apartheid movies. I would say so. But, like,
0: there's definitely times where it, um, elbows the ribs of being a movie about, um... How affirmative action is racist Like being a sort of like movie For like that kind of viewer Which is kind of gross Like it sets alarm bells off in your head At some some point But it's also
1: like It's also a true story
0: Oh it's definitely It's a true story And I get that But like this movie It made surprising It had surprisingly little interest In like why apartheid was bad And it had all of its interest In black altruism basically right um, which and like you could you can apply that same logic to how it portrayed nelson mandela he talks about the years he spent in prison on robin island like they're like bumper sticker fables or something like that right
1: and it's just like you he, don't he, he pretty much opens every paragraph with well when i was in robin island Like,
0: you don't want to give, maybe even in private, you don't want to give me, like, two scenes about, like, how this guy who, like, was a revolutionary, like, 30 years before, is maybe still, like, a little pissed off or his outlook is, like, a little affected by the fact that he was, like, wrong, like, basically, like, a prisoner of conscience. Right.
1: I mean, his only duality was explained by his lead bodyguard, but you mm -hmm. never actually saw it.
0: Yeah, so it's that's like, not Wilson great. Nelson
1: sees them throwing that beer at him, even though like Morgan Freeman didn't react to it at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Morgan.
1: Do you think? I think that this is kind of a bummer because
0: like I think had this movie been done with like a little more levity and a little more like thought to its politics, like I think this could have been a really good. Morgan Freeman role. And instead I think it sort of just played into the same thing where like the last ten years of Morgan Freeman where he will do and he seems to hate it. He seems to when he's off screen he seems to talk about how he hates it, but he will do any part where he is just sage right. and like old and like
1: espousing wisdom. He he's literally played God. Yeah. Like people were willing to accept that this man was God.
0: Yeah, but that's like, like Lucius Fox, like every role he's done, like the last 10 years is like that kind of acting. If it's like, if right. you can even call that acting. And it's a bummer because I think this movie had the power to complicate that a little bit simply because of how much time he spends on screen and how much time he spent right. with him. But it didn't complicate it at all. Yeah. The other scene I hated This goes back to my earlier point But like Where you are If you can rewrite a script For an important movie Like while it's happening Like that's a bad sign The scene where The The white social worker Wants to give The um, The homeless child The spring box jersey Um And she doesn't understand why he won't take it. Like, if you want to make, like, even, like, a little bit politically aware movie, why don't you have her be, like, oh, you don't, like, you could have her be, like, oh, it's, like, a new, it's a new day. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, this is a team for everyone. And then have him reject it. Like, just make it a little more complicated as though, like, a white person in South Africa doesn't understand how black people feel about apartheid. Like,
1: give me a break. Right. It's like, hey, you know this like almost completely Aryan team that only the white people supported? You want one of their jerseys? This movie, let me put it, I think
0: I want to defend it quickly. Okay, I don't know it. exactly how Clint does this because I don't have the cinematographic language to describe it, but it does look like really good. Good somehow like he has this way Of creating um, What looks like footage um, That Is really compelling and you can also See why actors really like it Because even though you know this is Morgan Freeman and Matt Damon like the Camera doesn't know that or the camera Doesn't care and so you, You kind of I don't know it has this feeling of, I don't want to use like the gross, like I don't want to use authenticity, but something like that. Like it has this feeling of like historical significance and like letting the actors sink into these people, which, which kind of carries it at some point you, you keep, you keep watching.
1: I mean, in a way, like Clint is an old school, like Hollywood director and he, like, knows when he's, he sees, like, a decent script. And then he just makes, like, a pretty straightforward movie. Yeah. So, like, I think... And then he, he happens to know, like, how a camera works, you know, from being on both sides of it. Sure. And so I think this is, like, a well-directed, if not just, you know, competently directed movie in the old school sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like, Danny Boyle would have been in the ball. <laughs> or, like, in a drop of blood. Right. Coming out of someone's nostril or something. <laughs> and, yeah. like, the shanty town would have been, like, way darker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I, I just don't think there is really defending this movie. Especially. And, okay, I'm telling you, I could forgive everything we've criticized it up until this point. But w- that fucking soundtrack, dude, it's appalling. Oh. Like there'll just be like a random helicopter shot. It'll be like in a woman on a gu- an acoustic guitar, like yeah. singing about like freedom and stuff. Yeah. There, are you kidding me? There's like a like it's like
0: a, I, the only way I can describe it. I have written mine in my notes. Is this Australian adult contemporary music? Like, right. What? Why have this in here? Like, for God's sake, you have a rich musical South African tradition, and you're gonna tap like. Uh, like a song sung by a white person about colorblindness, like right. So uh, I rate this guy. So here's the thing: I don't think this is a horrible movie, but by our rating system, like it might be. This might be like a C minus movie, but like by our rating system, it's it's bad, bad. Like there's no two ways around it.
1: See. You don't go... think
0: this movie is good bad I can't allow you to do that
1: You think it's like bad there's... bad It's But for a moment you kind of had that thought Where you're like it has the qualities of a good bad <laughs> Yes you think that for a moment And that moment ends In the 45
0: minutes At the end where they make you watch you Play a game you don't know
1: Right okay I'll give it a bad bad Thank you But,
0: but it's I not... don't
1: like I don't support apartheid <laughs> I just want that to be known. Why don't we talk about other things we don't support? Um, A British monarchy, for
0: one. Yeah, we are. We are modernists. We're late nineties British modernists
1: through and through. We're people who had really good intentions in the nineties who really fucked up in the (laughs) odds. Oh, tones.
0: Oh, Anthony. Oh, oh, Anthony Blair.
1: Anthony Blair. (laughs) Tony Blair. Like this movie's like kind of weird. Like. I, maybe, like, post-2008 or 9, when it, like, really came out, like, just how wrong everything was and how it tied back to him. Yeah. It's definitely, like, a weird way to watch this movie. It is weird.
0: Did you know that Michael Sheen played Tony Blair two other times in movies? Yeah.
1: I only knew it was one other in, um, what you call it? The Deal? No, The Special Relationship, okay. that HBO movie. With Quaid? Which was actually pretty good.
0: I mean, he's excellent at playing Tony Blair. Like.
1: Right. And Quay does a killer Bill Clinton. But anyway, The Queen. Yes. 2006? Yes. Uh, Stephen Frere's directed. Helen Mirren starting as Queen Elizabeth II. Mm-hmm. Dealing with the days of uh, after the death, the tragic death of Princess Di the People's Princess. The Prime Minister, Tony Blair, is about to make a statement. Princess Diana
0: touched the lives of so many others she was the people's princess no member of the royal family will speak publicly about this is no longer a member of the royal family what are you talking about charles this is a private matter we do things in this country quietly with
1: dignity will someone please save these people from themselves
0: i wanted to Pat us on the back Because I was actually Listening to an interview With Aaron Sorkin The other day Talking about Steve Jobs And he referenced The Queen As the kind of uh, Biographical movie He set out to make So Good on good on
1: you man Well he for... failed <laughs> Okay wow um, Now you, you've got to agree that, that The Queen Is like a self-contained Incident I guess that's like the rating system we should really use for you know comparing all three of these. Is does it show a complete, full narrative without showing the like depth of this person's life?
0: Interesting. A- yeah, and with Queen Steve probably Jobs, comes
1: closest. I would say with Steve Jobs the answer is no. <laughs> uh, with Invictus, I'd say probably yeah. I mean, it's like a pretty self-contained event. We had racism and now it's gone by the end of the <laughs> the end of the film because the police officer gives a little solved. black boy the police hat. Yes. Um, And then this movie, I mean, it's definitely the best example of the genre, I would say, for better or worse
0: Yeah, yeah, structurally for sure Uh, And this Peter Morgan, by the way, is the screenwriter who also did uh, Frost, Nixon, and Rush So he really likes writing about semi-recent history
1: This movie's got a great cast, though Yeah, James Cromwell Oh, when he jumps out of that room, you're just like, this movie just went from good to great. <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: Michael Sheen also is, I mean, yeah, Helen Mirren and Michael Sheen are terrific. And it is, this movie centrally is about the relationship between the queen and the prime minister. So.
1: Right. Um, well, that's the interesting thing about this movie is it's sort of about both of them. Mm-hmm. Even though it's called The Queen, it's more about Tony Blair.
0: Right. I guess I would agree with that because at a, I suppose at a certain point you start to think about him in the lead role because like he's right. you, he's you in the movie. Like right. the queen is this interesting character who you know has a rich backstory but isn't going to change and like right. you through Tony Blair are like thinking about how to form your opinion about their lack of Uh, empathy for diana and their lack of public uh, grief for diana
1: right and it's interesting i wonder how this movie is viewed like in the united kingdom because i think what's kind of appealing uh about it for me is the fact that i find like just the idea like of a monarchy so sort of charming and not necessarily like part of my everyday, and like I don't know, like when Princess—I mean, I remember like when Princess Di passed away, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like it didn't really like affect me that much. Yeah, and it's definitely like a rem- like you you know that moment in time, but I think it's very different for people having lost her, like being a British citizen for sure. And
0: I think it—I think it actually captures an interesting moment because um, it was interesting to read like just a little bit of the criticism around this movie like i i do think the way that we kind of are able to trivialize the monarchy and also like in america sort of like celebrate it like
1: royal right. baby
0: kate middleton like all that kind of stuff oh, we love
1: it but we don't love it in like the way that someone who actually has to deal with it loves it yeah there's that we, like for... just think it's interesting we think it's entertainment we consume like the kate middleton stuff as entertainment
0: that's definitely true i mean i guess i don't i you know i yeah can't i don't know how British people feel about it but I think That one of these interesting things when this movie Actually like spells out what the monarchy Means like when Tony Blair's like You have to remember she's an old lady who Thinks she was appointed by God Like right. you have to wonder like Does Prince William think he's appointed By God will any British monarch Ever b- actually like believe that Again like tough to say
1: well, It's interesting Because they all kind of operate Under like the assumption that like they're only beholden to like a higher power. Yeah. Well, I think that's it's what the I, government I think that's reports what kings and queens them. Are. Yeah. But it's just so interesting to like think like like you this woman like she becomes very endearing to you on the screen, but ultimately, I mean like she's a fool. Like she like it, I mean she thinks she speaks to God. Yeah. Like, she's someone, if she didn't have all this money behind her, we would think, like, daft, as they would put it. 70% (laughs) of people believe that your actions have damaged the monarchy. Who does he think he's talking to?
0: Can you imagine I'm going to drop everything and come down to London before I attend to my grandchildren? Then you're mistaken. So I think this movie, one of the great things it does, and this Mirren's performance is what enables this to happen, unlike... Uh, Nelson Mandela and Robin Island this idea of Queen Elizabeth and the war is like centrally important to this movie that she is someone who has survived the the horror and the stress of like her nation being conquered and that will be with that will be with her forever both uh, in her in her severity and in her sort of like can do attitude, and so you have these great scenes where she uh, ties the bandana around her head and takes the old jeep that's too beat up, just kind of like out to the countryside of their of their country estate, um, right, and talks to the Scottish dude who like. Is the groundskeeper and uh, right. You know star stalls the car In, in the river and I, I really Think that she made you feel In a way that Invictus wasn't Equipped to that the past Has like an ultimate bearing On who this person is right Which is
1: great yeah No I think it's I mean the way it well that's The thing too is that most of the people In the world they're living in also think A monarchy is sort of ridiculous Yes and Up until a point, like, they have such a PR scandal in the monarchy that, like, a quarter of the British citizens would be fine with getting rid of it. Right.
0: I want to talk... I guess I want to turn the page to, like, what... I think that this movie sets itself up. um, And it actually, like, kind of articulates it at one point. I can't quite remember if it was Elizabeth herself or Tony Blair talking about her, but, like what it is to be like solemn and British and dignified and dignified. Yeah. Um, And how that's like an essentially English thing. Um, And it's one of the things that makes this movie not exactly watchable for me, or like not the most watchable, because I think that this movie ultimately um, gets what it sets up there because it's, it's really strange as it goes on, because it has no climax in a weird way. Like, the climax should absolutely be Diana's funeral, where they realize sort of the air of their ways. But that's almost kind of like a deeper down the stoicism rabbit hole moment, because, like, you don't know what any of them... It's like this weird, ironic moment where it's like...
1: um, Well, they're also so horrified by, like, the... The expression of, like, the applause at the end
0: Exactly, yeah, like, that should be the climax of the movie And it kind of isn't And so you had this weird thing where it's like Is this really just, like, a movie about these old people Who sit in this countryside manor While this one guy tries to tell them what year it is? And they, (laughs) um, and that is, that is, like, what it That is what this movie is And so it's very, it's very cold, um as it right. goes, and like I think it's because it's
1: about cold people. Oh, what did you think uh, if we're comparing fake digital animals? How <laughs> does this: That was the 14: The Wild stag, fox to the wild fox.:
0: I think that this one actually is better, and it's like a weird it's like a weird thing about CGI man is like CGI is so much better now that it's like more confident. And so it's easier for me to see that that is like a fake dream world
1: fox. Well, the and- only movement that the the real the thing really does is disappearing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I think is a great. I mean, I think that's a great trick that they didn't have it move very much. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was funny though. Like, where this movie succeeds is like when it can make fun of itself, and I guess that's the point I've been trying to make with my sort of lofty political aspirations. Uh-huh. When the movie realizes that, like, when they're in that scene planning the funeral, um, and you, like, go to the the guy all the way at the end of the table after you, like, go past, like, 12 heads of state, and you go to the guy who's the assistant to the prime minister, and they're like, so... And they go into this, like, they're passing around this packet or something, and he's just like, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> he can see, like, how ridiculous the situation is. yeah. Because it's just a big PR nightmare at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. So what's your rating? Oof. <laughs> we never thought this day would come. Um. Come on. It could be one of
1: three. What? It could be one of three
0: for me. That's ridiculous to say. What's yours? Mine's good
1: bad. You see, I- I could see a universe where I call this good good I could see a universe If I was just like a little bit grumpier I'd call this bad 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 Yeah
0: maybe Well stop seeing universes and come to to the podcast With your rating intact please I I think you're right Chance I think (laughs) it's
1: I think it's ultimately good bad Yeah like, I think it's a fine concept. I think it's well-directed, well-shot. Uh, everything's fine. The The score is not too intrusive. Not too intrusive, um, which is nice. And, uh, yeah, ultimately, it was a pretty uh, entertaining, and uh, I felt 90 minutes? I... I love that. In and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, bad. But ultimately, like, not the most watchable. Like, this old rich lady who thinks that she's super important Talk to this guy who's actually been elected by, like, a shit-ton of people.
0: Yeah. Alright, well, good, bad. Did we agree on everything? Did uh, we...
1: Yeah, we did. Did we really call Invictus bad, bad? <laughs> yes, it is bad, bad. But it, it, it's definitely shot in the style of good. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean it is. It isn't... has an
0: authenticity to <laughs> it. Oh, my God. We already know. I've already talked you down from this. That movie's bad, bad. We're done.
1: Your arms around me tight everything felt so right unbreakable like nothing could go wrong now I can't chance this is such a pleasure it's great to talk to you ma'am yeah great to hear your voice uh, i'm pretty excited about the new website as am i yeah i'm pretty excited to uh i don't know decide what we're gonna do for next week and then i'll have six hours of my life dedicated to something there
0: you go there you go
1: So, uh, do we say goodbye? I'm just building a birdhouse over here,
0: Chance. And you can't kill that demon without stabbing the good boy. So, talk to you next time, guys.